So today we have the honor and the privilege of getting back to our sermon series in which we're focusing on the subject of uh, angels and demons is the, the theme that we have. And it's all about spiritual warfare. Pastor Mark kicked it off for us last week, and today we're going to dive into it a little bit more. Uh, what we're going to hit for today is, I think, fairly simplistic, but things that we also have a tendency to be able to forget. And I was thinking about it this morning. I should have made a slide for it. It really just came to my mind. You've seen that show before, uh, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, right? And you watch that show, and the kids are up there, and they're going against an adult, and they're asking these questions that you would have learned in third or fourth or fifth grade. And you're thinking to my, yourself, you know, I know the answer. I, I just can't, I can't remember it. And this kid is up there just killing these adults, right? He's just knocking out the answers over and over and over again. It's not that the kid is necessarily smarter than the adult or, or vice versa. It's just the adult hasn't put these elements into practice for so long. It's just gone. They're not in, the, in their mind anymore. And I think it's the same exact thing for us as Christians in this world. Sometimes the simplest things, when not put into practice and when not used and with not having any type of thinking about those elements, we start to forget about them. We start to lose them a little bit. And so today, I just want to hit two really elementary items that are so important for us, and I do think they'll change the way that you look at the world and even the way that you leave here today when we talk about this subject of spiritual warfare. So think about it. In any war since the beginning of time till now and into our future, there are some really important things you need to know. Number one, you need to know who the enemy is. Who is the enemy? And when we're talking about this in church, most of us probably have a name that we're already bringing up. As a church, who is our enemy? Number two, Number two, once you know who your enemy is, what are the enemy's tactics? Because just knowing your enemy is one thing, so you can see that enemy approaching, so you can know who that enemy is, but what are your enemy's tactics? How do they approach you? What are things that they use to be able to fight, that they use to be able to go after you? This way we can defend ourselves. This way we can be on the offensive. And this is really important, these two things today. Who is our enemy? What are the tactics that he puts in place? So let's go back to our scripture texts for today then. Chris, super job on reading both of those. By the way, like, I think Morgan Freeman would be jealous of your voice. You have such a good voice. It is fantastic. I'll just make you read every week. Everybody will be like, yeah, I don't have to read anymore. Chris is up. Go back to both those texts for today. And I know it may seem weird. It may seem weird because both these texts are talking about there's these demons, there's these unclean spirits. In, in, in the first text, in the book of Acts, they're beating these guys. They're ripping them apart. They're kicking them outside. In the second text, we have another guy that the town is trying to contain. They're putting chains on him. He's too strong. He's up on the hills. He's, he's tormented. This sounds so weird. This concept of, of demons. But again, look at this with me today. Our scripture passage from Mark, that gospel text. When Jesus got out of the boat, Jesus has just selected his uh, 12 disciples very recently. 
He's doing some of his first miracles and healings, and now he's traveling around going to share, again, the good news and to do more miracles. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came to him from the tombs to be able to meet him. Today in our world, what are times or things that would make you think about demons or impure spirits? How do these come about? Where do they come from? Maybe you would think about somebody who is using a, a Ouija board. Maybe you would think about somebody who is dabbling in the occult. Maybe you would think about somebody who says that they're interested in witchcraft. And all of those things are very true. Playing with those things in our lives is opening up the opportunity to truly invite in impure spirits, to be able to invite in Satan himself, to be able to come up against these things. These things are, are not make-believe. On the other hand, we may think, well, as Christians, I'm not doing that. I don't do those things. So am I not safe? Well, yes and, and, and no. Remember, this is spiritual warfare. And in spiritual warfare, you're not always completely safe. Even Jesus himself, in our text that we look at for today, is someone who comes face to face with this demon, not because Jesus is going after this demon. Jesus doesn't go across the lake to be able to find some type of impure spirit. He's not hunting demons for the day. In fact, in our text, it says that this impure spirit comes to meet him. And so if an impure spirit has the bravery and the audacity to be able to go and to speak and meet at the feet of Jesus, don't you think those same impure spirits would do that unto us? Maybe not to ask us to be able to leave them alone or to be afraid of us, but maybe to be able to do something else in our life. We'll get to that in a minute from now. So we go on for this text here. The Spirit has come to meet Jesus and it says, uh, What do you want with me? Jesus, son of the most high God, the demon says, in God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. A lot of interesting things going on there. Look, even the demon says in God's name, don't do this. It's not only for us, even in the world, knowing that God exists but knowing that he is our Savior and trusting him. For even the demons and these impure spirits know that God exists. And in this moment, Jesus says, come out of that man. Get this man to be healed again, to be pure again. Take him out. I want you to think about it like this with me today. Uh, how many people in here own a swimming pool? Anybody got a swimming pool or you got a community pool? Your friends got a pool? Having a pool is fantastic, especially for us here in Arizona during the summertime. Uh, but with all the great things of owning a pool, oh man, come, <laughs> come all the things of owning a pool, right? Uh, maybe you have a, a tree in your yard that drops some, some leaves in there once in a while or all the time. You know, maybe you have a, a really nice neighbor that shares all the leaves from his tree with you and he lets them drop in your, in your pool. Nonetheless, you know, a monsoon comes, you're, you're going to get leaves in your pool. It's going to happen. It's going to get mucked up at some point. So we address this. There's a few different ways. 
So maybe some of you have a skimmer that's on the top level of the pool with the water, and it pushes in there, and it pushes some of the floating debris, and you go over there, and you take out the little basket, and you knock out the leaves, and that's one way some of the debris gets out. Maybe some of you have a little vacuum that moves around in there at night, kind of snakes around and pulls out different little pieces, and same thing, it gets rid of some of the debris. Most of us probably have a net when people are coming over, uh, you know, you got to run outside, clean the pool up real quick, make sure nobody's even getting in the pool. We just got to make sure it looks clean. Got to get out there and get all the leaves out with the net and you, d you dump them out. And so we remove all the leaves. All three things, they do the same thing. You're trying to take the debris out. You know what nobody does? Uh, nobody goes out there and looks at their pool and says, oh, I got leaves in my pool again. I'm going to take all the pure water out and I'm going to build another pool. I'm going to pump all the water into another pool so I can save all of this water over here. And I'm going to keep all this water, and I'll just leave the leaves over there. And then when it happens again, next time the leaves, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to build another pool. I'm going to pump all the water in and leave it. It would be ridiculous. It's the same thing in our, in our text for today. It would be ridiculous for Jesus to go after this man and say, he is the problem. I'm going to be able to remove this man from the situation Notice who Jesus goes after. He goes after this impure spirit, and he says, get out of this man. I need to take whatever is mucking up this pure individual, and I need to get rid of it. So think about it with me like this now. We need to be able to know who our enemy is. And we have a confusion that happens sometimes. Sometimes there's a confusion, and I tell you that story about the pool because I hope when you see a pool this week or next week, you think about this a lot. It is really easy for us to be able to focus on other things as being our enemy and not who that one true enemy is. And this happens for us even as a church. In fact, these are Paul's words to the church that he says to be able to focus on who our enemy is. He says, for your struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's not against one another. And this is super difficult because as people, we're different. And it's okay to have different opinions it's okay to think different things. It's okay to speak about different things. It's okay to like or dislike different things. But don't let those pieces come between us, as, especially as brothers and sisters in Christ. Because this happens to us as spouse, husband and wife. We get something that we start bickering over, something super small, and it turns into something bigger that it shouldn't be. Maybe it happens to you with a complete stranger who pulls in front of you. You can't even see their face. You just know that person in the front of you in their car. They are not right. There is something wrong with them. It happens to us when we start discussing the element of politics. It happens to us when we start thinking about even sometimes things within our own church. And again, okay for us to have difference of opinion. And yes, this doesn't let us off the hook. We as people are sinful. That's why we had a time of confession beforehand. But don't mistake who your enemy is. I don't have to say the name. We all knew it when I first started talking about it. I saw some of your lips mouth it. The word Satan. The word the devil. He's right there, always waiting for us. 
Don't let him use certain things to be able to put us against each other. Know who your enemy is. Because once we know who our enemy actually is, then we can start looking at his tactics, the way that he comes after you and me. We got it, this elementary answer. It's Satan. It's not people around us. We're supposed to support one another, not supposed to tear each other down. Let's support one another as we fight on the same team against this enemy, but know his tactics. Here's three really quick today, three really quick tactics. Number one, deception. Satan loves to be able to use deception. Uh, The verse says, when he lies, he speaks his native language. I love that. Speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Everything that spawns from Satan is a lie. And the same tactic that he uses on you and me today is the tactic that he has always used. You remember, in the very first account that we hear there in Scripture of man and woman, as Satan says, Look at this. Are you sure, sure God said, do not eat of this? Are you really sure? You know what? When you eat of this, God just knows that your eyes are going to be opened, that you are going to be like God yourself. Don't listen to him. It's going to be fine. Take a bite. And Eve does so, and Adam does so, and all throughout time and all throughout history, all of us are deceived in some way by Satan. Don't be deceived by his lies. Because he will tell you so many things. That if you just do this, it's okay. If you just do this, nobody knows. If you just do this, you'll gain a little bit more elevation at work, status. Don't listen to those lies. They're all false. Don't be deceived. Next one. Persecution. Persecution. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution. Pretty clear. You will suffer persecution. Do you remember the story of Job? This guy that Satan looks at, and he says, you know why Job honors you, God? He's got too many good things going for him. His life is almost perfect. If a few of these things were messed up in his life, if he didn't have all these things, he would turn his back on you so fast you wouldn't be able to believe it, God. And he said, I'm going to persecute this guy. I'm going to go after him. I'm going to show you. And so Satan goes after him. He takes all his livestock, all his cattle, everything that he owns, and they're all put to death. They all die. He goes after Job's body, and he makes these horrible boils show up that are just painful beyond belief that he can't get rid of that are just horrible. He starts even going after his family and one by one his daughters and sons are all killed by his enemies. And Job is persecuted horribly. Some of you have been through these things too. Maybe it was a loss of a job recently of your spouse. Uh, Maybe it was a death of a loved one, a grandparent, somebody around you. Maybe it was a financial burden that came out of nowhere that you weren't expecting. Maybe it was physical pain for you or somebody around you of something that you started going through. Maybe cancer that started spreading even worse than the doctors told you. All these different elements of persecution that we were up against 
that the devil uses to be able to push upon us over and over and over again. Also that hopefully we will say, God, yeah, if you really love me, if you really listen to me, why would you do these things to me? And we start being deceived little by little. Don't fall victim to the Lord being able to leave you alone. It's not, not a truth. The Lord is always there for you. Don't be deceived by the devil's lies. Finally, temptation. Temptation. We all know this one, I think, really well. I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter has tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. This is one of the apostles writing to the church to be able to be so fearful that the temptation around them may be so great that they're actually running from the Lord. Temptation's a big one. It's probably one of the most uh, powerful tools that the devil has. Remember, it's the same tool that the devil selects to be able to go after Jesus when he tempts him in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus, throw yourself down from this cliff. You know your angels are going to catch you. Jesus, if you just bow down to me for just a second, I will give you all these kingdoms here on earth. It will all be yours. Jesus, I know you're so hungry. Just turn these stones into bread and you can feed yourself. Nobody's going to see. It's not going to matter. All these different temptations. And Satan brings these again to Jesus, and he's going to bring them to you. All of us have those temptations that we face. We can't make these things go away. They're going to be there. But we can fight against these things. We can battle against them. Remember who our enemy is. He's the one that's described by Jesus in John 10 as being a thief. Jesus says the thief comes only to kill and steal and destroy. That's it. That's the only thing that this enemy is coming to be after you. And that's what he does in our gospel lesson. He comes after that man that has this impure spirit inside of him. He's an outcast. He's tormented in all different types of pain. But finally, Jesus comes into the situation. Continue with me in that gospel text as we finish that up today. He says, he gave them permission. This is, remember, the demons are crying out, please, Lord, just free us somehow. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs and rushed down the steep bank into the lake, and they were drowned. Still kill, destroy. doesn't matter how these demons affect anything around them. They're going to destroy everything. But once these demons are gone, something different happens. The people hear about that in the town, and they go and they tell the rest of the people who are not there, and everybody comes out to see what has happened. All these pigs that have ran off this hillside, this man that they know that was tormented. Everybody knows who this guy is. Everybody in town has seen him before, and they come out to be able to see him again. There you go. And it says, when they came to Jesus, they saw that the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed in his right mind. Everything totally changes in our story. All these people come out, they're used to seeing this man tormented, he's in horrible shape. They come to see Jesus, and he's sitting there dressed and in his right mind. You see, something very different happens when we sit at the feet of Jesus. When you and I sit at the feet of Jesus and hear his word and follow and obey his commands, we too are changed. You see, the subject matter of spiritual warfare 
isn't so much about knowing who our enemy is or about knowing the tactics, even though those are both super important. But the most important thing is knowing who our Savior is and what he has done for us. In that verse in John 10.10, Jesus tells us who the devil is, but he also tells us who he is. The devil is this one who comes to kill, to steal, and destroy but he says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. As soon as you leave here today, he's going to be waiting for you. Satan's going to be waiting for you. Those tactics are all going to be used. Deception, persecution, and temptation, and many others. But remember what is most important. The one who is already here with you. Today in this room, right now, the one who gives us salvation, the one who gave us his life, the one who gives us all things, the one who is Jesus, the father of all of us, and today we celebrate in being his children. Let's pray. Dear Lord, as we talk about this subject matter today, uh, we do know that there are many people that are in here that are up against uh, really tough things, Lord different battles that people are facing, different hurdles that they are trying to get over. Uh, and these are all different types. And many of these things, Lord, we just think, oh, that's something that happens in our life. Uh, but many of these things, Lord, are these spiritual battles that we face. Don't let us uh, ignore them in any way, uh, but allow us to be able to recognize them so that we can also recognize who you are and what you have done for us. Lord, allow us to please keep our eyes focused on you and know that you are the perfecter of our faith. And again, that you will strengthen us and that you will protect us and that you will grow us in this lifetime. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.